Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues right now. Heather K. Birch Orthodontics sponsors the hour. As always, we really do appreciate it. Dr. Birch, and I think I'm due to see, or my kids are due to see Dr. Birch, not yet, right after the holidays. Right after the holidays, we go back in there, but things are going swimmingly, uh, as they always do at Birch Orthodontics. Ira, website, fire away. BirchOrthodox.com is the website. Get your consultation. They'll set up your financing. I wonder if Mackenzie Milton needs any uh, orthodontic work, and if he does, boom. This might be, you know, they're going to have the NIL stuff or the, uh, yeah. yeah, with the name, name, image, and likeness stuff last year. Maybe that's a, an endorsement opportunity. Maybe we could set up Dr. Birch with Mackenzie Milton, make it happen. Um, it's a, uh, it's the best orthodontist in all of Tallahassee, all Leon County, all of the state of Florida. Oh, okay. all of the world. Okay, nice. The world. She's well the said. World renowned. World, world, world renowned, Dr. Birch. World that's renowned. how we're. Introduce her from now on. All right. That sounds good. Tom's got the first question. Uh, and before I read Tom's question, I just want to say thanks to Tom uh, because Tom uh, gifted generously to the kids of the Guardian Adelitum this Christmas. That was awfully nice of him. All right. Nice, Tom. Yeah. Here we go. Congrats to Coach uh, for pulling the Milton deal. Question is how much – I love that we call it a deal. The Milton hey, deal. closed it. The deal. Question is how much more syrup do we have left in the pantry? Enough to cover a breakfast at Cafe du Monde, or are we down to truck stop pancakes in Shreveport? Uh, I, I don't know what the commitment level is, but that's a great question, Tom. Much much rather be at Cafe du Monde than uh, anywhere in Shreveport, frankly. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> they, the kids, the kids in Shreveport grow up grow up without 
syrup on their pancakes. Yeah, not much there in, in good old Shreveport, as Corey will attest to. Uh, yeah, they grow up with a lot of, without a lot of hope in Shreveport. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Shreveport's the city that gets kicked the most on this show. Uh, hey, it's a it's a it's a fine the the folks there. The I'm sure were are very nice. good people. people the, were nice. actually they were. Everybody I met there was very nice, but it's. There's a there's a little bless their heart to that. Yeah, well, sure there is, sure there is. I'm a I'm a big city folk. You know what I mean? I'm from the I'm from Atlanta. I'm like a Yankee. We got big. It's like New York City. Oh, <laughs> not at all. Not at all like New York City. And there are if you live in Shreveport, it is. <laughs> if you live in Shreveport, it might as well be Kyle New York has City. To like New York City to the people. <laughs> uh, Kyle, right, hello, gentlemen. While the win over Duke and the verbal from Milton is great, any of you worried about Webb entering the transfer portal? No, he's gone. He was a Norvell guy. Oh, look, UNC just ran for another touchdown. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Well, Kyle, we, we did originally think that, but uh, per Corey's point in the first hour, my man hit the transfer portal, portal so he could go to Troy. This wasn't about football. This was about being homesick. This is, um, what are you going to do? Yeah, young man made a decision. And, that, and how could it be about football? Like he was when he was healthy, he was the feature back. Norvell yeah. loved him. He was a good player. He used him. So it's not like Norvell made a mistake and was like, I'm not giving the ball to Damian Webb. When he was healthy, he got it a lot. So it was completely not a football decision. No. No. And it's not like Toa Feely scared him. Uh, by the way, again, I think you feel better moving forward because of what you saw out of Toa Feely. But I think we had seen that anyway. That guy's yeah, just had. got some, some wiggle. And Corbin. Corbin has turned into the player that he was not in September. Um, and I think moving, you, you feel pretty good about those two pieces. Two running backs isn't enough, but you like what you got in those two guys. Maybe they'll get the running back from Alabama. Maybe LaDamian Webb will transfer back. <laughs> Seth writes, Santa came early this year, boys. A double Knowles win. Milton commits. Losses for UF and UM. If asked, should FSU accept a bowl invite? If so, where do you think the invite would come from? Thanks for the great content all year long, and Merry Christmas. Thank you, Seth. Well, it was a great weekend for Florida State, and it was a historically bad weekend for Miami. And, and the fans of Florida. Yeah, but I could watch I could watch North Carolina's game against Miami on a loop. That is the best version of schadenfreude. To give up NCAA records, to be that impotent, to be that historically sorry, out of nowhere. something to behold. Out of it nowhere. Is, well, it's what they do, Corey. They've never been mentally strong. It's been 20 years. These are the yeah. cowards that don't show up when the games are on the line. That's who the hell Miami is, Corey. Okay. And they just waited to the last game to reveal it. That's what okay. they it, did. It took them a long time this year. Yeah, it did. But that's uh, who they are. So there it is. I mean, they've given up like 500 yards rushing in their last five games. And then they do it in one game. That was uh, more than that. They're like five eight. Uh, didn't one almost, of them run for three hundred? Almost six hundred yards rushing. But I'm telling you, I don't even think that loss was the worst of the rivals on uh, on Saturday. That's well, what made the weekend so a 24-point sweet. Twenty four point favorite at home to LSU in the manner that they did is epic and glorious. It's even better when you hear their dumbass coach say something stupid as he's wont to do right after the game. But I'm telling you. You, to, to not show up with a trip to the Orange Bowl when you're in the midst of trying to change your reputation and you stated so publicly leading up to the North Carolina game is really, really rich. I yeah, mean, I, sure, we'll, we'll always we'll remember that for a while. We'll always remember where we were when the shoe was tossed. Everybody listening to this show is always good. They're going to remember it happened and they're going to remember where they were. 
and they're going to remember it with, and they're going to remember how far he threw it. Yeah, yards. That, the referee let us know. He must have done that because I don't think you just get on the mic and say unsportsmanlike conduct, tossing a shoe. People be like, "What?" Yeah, but if you say yards, this kid threw the shoe. Yeah. He, Tossing yeah. the LSU player's shoe 20 yards. We're like, well, hey, man, yeah, he earned it. It feels excessive, guys. But, he had but it, was, it, was all, it was all in a football motion. He just <laughs> made a tackle. It's just a football move, yeah. It just it came off. Man, just stop, man. He says something dumb every week now. Every yeah. week. He's getting dumber by the hour. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah the Texas A&M rant was ridiculous. This is uh, tops that. And uh, I mean, he's a good coach, no doubt about it. But, man, he is an idiot. Uh, Gator Kirk writes, okay, lads, one down, one to go. I hope you all got to share some victory sausage with all the old victories and rivals being defeated this weekend. With us still being depleted numbers-wise, do we stand a chance this weekend at Wake? Is a bowl game in our future? Could we use the extra reps if the boys are willing? Yeah, and I didn't answer that part of Seth's question either. Why don't we start with that, first of all? What you're seeing around the country is the direct result of a mental fatigue as well as yeah. physical fatigue, and kids are just done. So on that note, I don't know that you can ask them to do that without standing before them and having them vote on all of that. I would definitely consult my team and ask them, listen, you understand what, what, what this, what's going to be asked of you if we do go play a bowl game, you're not going to go get to see your family at all. You're going to have to continue to remain as disciplined as we've been asking you to remain all year long, where you haven't really even been able to be a college student in any way, shape or form. Um, I, I don't know. Well, here, but here, there is kind of a solution to it. There, there's one bowl game that they might work out with that might work out for them with all these other ACC teams backing out. And it wouldn't require a lot of time. It's the Gasparilla bowl in uh, your neck of the woods. Tampa, Jeff, baby. Cause yeah. it's December 26th. They're already playing the 29th. You'd be talking 19th, about nineteenth. They're, they're already playing the nineteenth. So you'd be talking about maybe practicing a, a couple, week. two or three more days. Yeah. Okay. You maybe maybe you can even give guys a couple days, you know, time or or you do something for them for the holidays. You play that game at 26, and then they still get, I don't know, a week, 10 days after that game. So that's the only way. But yeah, I mean, they'd have to get the players to you, this isn't one where you just say, All right, kids, we're going. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. No. They're going to have to get them in. They might want to because they've only played two games in the last six weeks. It's not they don't have this quite the same fatigue that some of these other teams because they had a month off. Yeah, no, I just I'm saying you got to put it to the team for sure. This isn't right. one of those times where you just tell them, "All right, let's get ready for the bowl game. Let's let's see where their heads are." I mean, at. You're down. You you know we don't know the the status of Emmett Rice or uh, uh, Ontario Wilson, Fabian Lovett, uh, Jordan Young. I mean, you you might be down to. For this game coming up, 44 scholarship players are somewhere in that neighborhood. 45 scholarship players. That's a lot of wear and tear. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of plays. Um, and you just and also that means they're practicing on Christmas for for on a four and six team uh, playing in a Gasparilla Bowl. They might they might want to do it, but I think we could all understand in this year above any other year if they said, "No, nah, we're good." But and like everybody keeps saying, "Oh, you want those 15 practices." This is, it's not going to be You're the not case this that. year. You're getting because yeah, practices. The, the season's going so long, right. and right. and uh, and FSU wouldn't. From what I understand, FSU wouldn't have an interest in a bowl that's because some of the bowls are going to be after January first that are that they might be able to get into. But that's they're not going to ask these guys to keep staying this bubble for another three weeks. Willie writes, fellas, the makeup trip for Virginia weekend didn't disappoint. My question is, do you think it was the time off or the return of Red Lightning? That helped us finally not blow a lead. How about that? That's funny. So he's still been around. You know, he's 
he does uh, equipment stuff for some of the other sports on campus, and I think he's been on the sideline. But I think TV just caught him um, on that that day. So man, it 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 started the furor. And then when actually FSU played pretty well, it was like you know, oh, that's that's uh, that's the reason. There he is. There's the he legend. I'll be honest, he didn't seem quite as invested this year as he did seven years ago when he's sprinting down the field with Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> high-stepping as hey, a ball boy. Time uh, does it to us all, buddy. I'm not sure he <laughs> could keep, up. Not, sure he could keep right. up with Lawrence Tofili anymore. Yeah, <laughs> one of my prized possessions is down on the field at the Rose Bowl after Florida State won the national championship. I get a I get a picture with Lawrence Dossie. I get a picture with the president, and I get a picture with Red Lightning. Nice. Yeah, nice. So, I got all three. There it you is. Get it, man. That's the trio. More headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Keep it rolling here as we get to Reed's question, gentlemen. How can we possibly expect to compete next season with half of the web toes officially gone now? There you go, Corey. It was fun yeah. while it lasted, I guess. What's a new dynamic duo we can look forward to next season, and what will we call them? Feel free to use incoming transfers in Tribe 21 since the roster is so thin right now. There's got to be something we can do with Corbin and Toa Feely, but it, ha- it, hadn't, uh, it hadn't hit me yet. I-, I just I feel like what a wasted opportunity that Webb just – he kind of – he didn't just screw me. He kind of screwed all of Florida State. I mean, think about the college game day two years from now. When Rinaldi's walking with them on the beach, do the piece, yeah, and seagulls are flying over their heads, and you know, not doing anything on top of you know, they're not pooping on them, but they're just flying. And the the, the genesis of the seagull nickname, and that's what the whole play- piece is about. And they're playing Iran by the flock of seagulls and uh, yeah. the running backs. I mean, yeah. this it was all the symmetry. It was going to come together in a way that uh, quite obviously Ladamian Webb couldn't see. He couldn't, he didn't have the vision to see, and he's got great vision, but he didn't have the some, vision to see what this seagull was really going to do for him. Some people, some people shy from greatness. Some people shy from those moments, right? Yeah, Jeff, I mean, like you do. So enjoy, Jeff, enjoy. Jeff could be at New York right now. He's yeah. been, he's had offers to, to be the, I uh, the le- I don't know about New York. Maybe. Like, I appreciate your confidence in me. I did turn down San Antonio and Atlanta, so I see your point. Some, yeah. Sometimes people just, you know, it's just too much. Yeah. It's just too much. Well, yeah, well Atlanta, Atlanta wanted to pay me less than I make here, Ira. That's all it was. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's a, but, it's, but it's so many watts. So many watts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Jay writes, hey, Jeff, Corey, and Ira, am I the only one that's reserved about Mackenzie Milton? That injury was awful, and to think he is going to step back on the field like it never happened would be pretty remarkable. Granted, I very much hope it happens. Guess I'm taking the wait-and-see approach. What about you guys? I'm well, definitely of that. Uh, Ill. I'm of the wait-and-see approach, and I, I'm, I, I haven't been this interested in a spring game or a spring practice session since Jameis. Um, this will be really interesting um, because, yeah, I, I I just wonder if he if you watch those games – yeah, he's got a nice arm and a quick release. He also moves a lot. He moves out of the pocket. He is elusive. He made plays with his legs. He ran for like 600 yards uh, in 17. I think he ran for over 20 touchdowns, and they weren't all like QB sneaks. I mean, he's an athletic guy. If he doesn't have that, how much does that uh, um, you know, hurt his overall game, if at all, if he, if he doesn't have that same kind of explosiveness? And after two and a half years – when he's actually playing again, you want, I don't know how you could think he'd be the same guy athletically, but he could be, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I, I agree with you about spring, and I think we're all going to be anxious for spring for a myriad reasons. Uh, obviously, just the opportunity to go back out there, we hope, knock on wood. Uh, everybody's inoculated by then, and we can get out there and watch spring practice and see this uh, football team the way they were meant to be seen, and then also what he looks like. And there'll be a lot of people we want to see have they taken a step forward, but for him, it's going to be about are you anywhere close to the form you had when you were at UCF? Because it's not like this is a great offensive line. They improved, but they're not good. And if he's just a pocket passer – the advantage that he has over the other guys as a thrower is significant, but but he's 5'11 behind a bad offensive line. He wouldn't be as great uh, if he can't move around. So yeah. you know, I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and they uh, did they did they have shown footage from him running the scout team at UCF where he is running around. Now he's not taking hits, but he is running around. But his hand talent is still is real, off the charts. Oh, it's yeah. definitely off the charts. Yeah. Marlon writes, Hello, gents. Hopefully we have another game, but if not, what have we learned about the staff? A, they can script the first 15 plays for sure. B, getting a quarterback won't be an issue here anymore. C, the worst is behind us. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And like always, I love the show. And a big shout-out to all the sponsors. P.S., I finally became a booster. Go Knowles. Good job, Marlon. There you go. There you go. There you go. Appreciate the compliments as well. All right, well, he gave us an A, B, and C. You guys want to throw out what we've learned in year one? There's a lot that we just don't know because of the pandemic. I'd say that's true all around the country. There have been bizarre results um, all over the country. But I think certain situations were uh, unduly affected, and this was one of them. Uh, but but you, you have anything you can glean about this staff after year one? I, I mean, I agree, with the, I agree with the things he was saying. And I also think there's a couple of things behind the scenes that um, – that I feel confident about. Number one is, you know, everybody talk, every coaching staff talks a big game, but until you actually draw a line in the sand and tell kids to hit the road, you don't know if they're really going to do that. And that has been abundantly clear. Mike Norvell does not care. If you want to leave, you can leave. And that sends a message to the kids on that roster and the kids who do stay. Like a lot of times players will be like, well, you know, you'll, they'll be disgruntled and they say, well, I'll just leave. They'll be screwed if I leave. Well, they've let all these other guys, they let Tamari and Terry walk out the door. They yeah. let uh, Corey Durden walk. They don't care. They're fine with you leaving. So that's an important thing. Another important thing is just from behind the scenes, talking to people in around the athletics department who deal with academics in different areas of the department, that accountability is really there. Willie talked a really good game. When Willie, came, Willie Tiger came in, his first day, he met with the academic uh, faculty and made all these promises, he did not follow through with all those promises. This staff, through one year, from everything we've heard, have followed up on that. And that's just important because it shows you if they're going to follow through on that, then you know they're going to follow through on the things that they're trying to do with football. Yeah, you can't clean the place up and talk tough if you don't actually – uh, follow through with your threats. Uh, right. and, and if somebody crosses that line that you just mentioned, Ira, you, you've got to be prepared to let them walk, even if it's to the detriment of your team. And certainly this season, we saw a ton of that. We saw suspensions. We saw guys not play for games when they could have. We saw guys leave. We saw guys be told to leave. We saw other guys opt out because they weren't up to the kind of discipline it was going to take. So, you know, you got to lose a little bit to win in this situation. If you're going to take that step back, you better stick by your principles. There's the only way you're going to get kids to buy in. So uh, I think we've seen that. You're right. That is something we can glean. Corey? Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all covered it all. 
We damn right we did. We don't need you anyway. <laughs> I've been too I've, I've been trying. I've been trying to tell you that for nine years, Jeff. <laughs> the first year or two, I was like, "All right, we'll give this Clark kid a chance." Yeah, we'll let him go. Yeah, but, well, I think it was around 2011 when I started telling you. I was a little bit for sure. Well, bit, I was just so excited because as much as we all love Jim Lamar and we still love Jim Lamar, he just couldn't stop coughing incessantly every episode. So we were like, well, this new Corey guy doesn't cough all the time. Then, well, not all the time, but I, but I do. Now, now that's part of my that's part of my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> bottle caps and coughs. It's a tribute to Jim Lamar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Logan writes, Picture this with me. It's the eve of the 2021 National Championship game. FSU has captured lightning in a bottle with Mackenzie Milton. Fresh Red off lightning Heisman, in a bottle. Fresh mm. off a Heisman Trophy, Milton has had a season that topped even Joe Burrow's record-setting season at LSU. Yeah. Adam Fuller yeah. was fired from his post of defensive coordinator, but is thriving in his new job as portraying Chief Osceola. Similar <laughs> wind is blaring in the background. Who are we beating in the 2021 National Championship game? I mean, the Martians, a bunch of unicorns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, just come up with the the Vulcans, whatever create wh- whoever the uh, enemy is in this fantasy world. Uh, what like uh, trees, like mo- mo- like talking trees. Hey, so maybe maybe the third quarter song, maybe it becomes like uh, something you know Hawaiian themed, you know, uh, just for a year. No. Just to, no. no. If, no, if, we're, no. if you're gonna, if no, if it's not gonna be Creed or something awesome, then <laughs> you need to stick with Smokey and the Bay. You need to stick with Burt Reynolds because as did. much as we like Mackenzie Milton, Burt Reynolds deserves it a lot more than uh, a <laughs> one-year transfer. That's what we did. That's one thing I did learn from Saturday is Eastbound and Down works a lot better when you're pummeling Duke than when you're losing yeah. to yeah. Uh, you know you whoever. Else. Yeah, when, you know, you're not, yeah, you're not down twenty-seven. <laughs> People can kind of get a little bit riled up for eastbound and down. Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. More questions? Here we go. Brent writes, Corey, did your son give the Scotty Barnes posterization shimmy shake after he hit the game-winning three? I don't. I don't think so. Um, uh, now they they do do a lot of pro. So he hit a. I don't know if you saw that Jeff on Twitter, but he hit a buzzer beater three to win the game, forty I to thirty nine. I, I saw you posted that. That was a, uh, that was. A, we didn't yeah. get any video, which is too bad. That would have been awesome to have. But it was a good. It was an awesome moment for him anyway. Not really excited about the dog pile afterwards. They they've done a lot of COVID stuff. They've, they've made a lot of uh, adjustments yeah. for COVID. It was a but, step back, step back. Yeah, but, but the the whole team jumping on him, not great. But other than that, it was a really uh, – his mom was uh, very, very excited. Well, I would – if you had been there, you'd have been in tears. That's awesome. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's – yeah, that's a really that's a really neat moment for him because he does practice a lot. He does practice a lot, so that was – and he's not – he scored like 20 points in that game. And you've seen Brady, and you know my athleticism. He's right. not – Usually the kids overcome an awful lot. Yeah, exactly. And you know the kids that's in a twelve-year-old basketball game that are scoring most of the points are like the just the athletes. They just they they just jump and get rebounds, get rebounds, score, score, score. He has to do it a variety of ways, guys. See, I think what we need to have happen is you need to move him back to Tallahassee for this. Shanna, sorry, we're moving Brady back to Tallahassee for the next twelve months so he can watch Mackenzie Milton, who's a little vertically challenged, sure, and see how you do it. That's not a bad idea, Ira. That's not a bad idea. So let's make it happen, Shanna. 
Bob writes, what do you think the chances are of Kenny Dillingham getting the Arizona head coaching gig? If he were to leave, who would you see replacing him? Imagine selling to your boosters. <laughs> hey, we got a new head coach. Oh, is he an old, wily veteran? Uh, no, he's fresh out of high school. He's 19 or 24, whatever Dillingham is. Oh, but he's, he's put up record numbers this last year? No, no, oh, no. No, they actually averaged 22 points a game in the ACC. Oh, well, if he's available, you got to get him. At least make – no, I, I don't I, – I think – and look, I think Dillingham has a has a bright future in this, in this sport. I think he will be a head coach eventually, maybe within this uh, decade. Um, but it won't be this year at Arizona. That, that's you can't sell that. You can't go from uh, you, pay, you hired the guy from A and M to hired an OC at Florida State who's twenty six years old. And you paid and you paid him seventeen or twenty million dollars to go away, so you could go snap up Kenny Dillingham before somebody else did. Yeah, yeah. I'm heartbroken that the ATM that was Arizona and Kevin Sumlin is now gone. Uh, there was no more ill-prepared team in college football than Arizona on a weekly basis. And I made so much money betting against them every week. And now it's over. And I fear the man will never get another job because it's all on the table. Everybody knows he's in the bag. Everybody knows that, you know, I'm rooting for him to turn his life around. I'm not trying, but I made money and it's about me guys. So I really am saddened. I mean, it's fitting that Kevin Sumlin's last game for the foreseeable future was a seventy to seven bend over. I mean, yeah, my, not a good team either. Like it's uh, not like Arizona State's Clemson. To Arizona State gives you the seventy to seven for that ass. And Herm Herm was at the point where if he felt like someone could survive, he might have just stopped. He might have called off the dogs. But he knew. But then he knew he was out the door anyway. So yeah, man, let's just let's just score. Let's just go he for a hundred. Probably yelling across the field. I can't do nothing for you. I can't, yeah, sorry. you know, I'm going to just go ahead and put you out of your misery here. We're throwing on fourth down and 63 to seven. That's just <laughs> wrong. That's ruthless. <laughs> Michael writes, gents, there is so much greatness from the past week. It's hard to remember. We also beat Indiana, whom the broadcast crew would have French kissed and preferred to be allowed. 2020 hasn't seen many great weeks to be a knoll, but this was one of them. Hashtag. Average ass headliner. I'm telling you that, and I'm just, I just think the shoe toss, I guess McKenzie Milton capped it off, but that shoe toss was an all-time great moment in Florida State history. Just seeing your arrive, arch rival do that and they fall apart and vomit on themselves when they had a chance. I mean, they're, they're not going to beat Alabama probably, but they had a chance to play for a national championship, and the kid tossed the shoe. I actually was not watching at the moment. I was still, I was, I think it was editing your column. And so I just gotten home and I uh, hadn't put the game on yet. And I was editing your column. And then I start, I saw on Twitter after I posted, I saw on Twitter comments about, Oh, please let the shoe be the reason they lose this game. And I'm like, what are they talking? What, what could this even be? Right. Yeah. And then I went back and watched your wildest it. dreams. Could you foresee <laughs> that he had done that? I, I was sitting, I was in Tampa because I took my youngest son to the Bucks game and uh, we, w- we were staying at, at the Hilton downtown and we were watching in our hotel room and I, and I yelled out something I can't repeat here. And he looked at me and said, what, what? And I said, that kid may have just done the dumbest thing I have ever seen in a football game. And I hope they lose because of it. And then yeah. I think the kicker is not just that that happened, but Holmes did make a 57-yard field goal in the fog. 
I mean, there that's it is. right in the testicles. And then as Mullen, Mullen so kindly pointed out afterwards that uh, their kid made a harder kick than our guy missed. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the gift that keeps on giving. That's what Mullen should have said. Look, it just comes down to if the team switch kickers, yeah. we're, we're, it doesn't matter what happened to the shoe. Our kid just choked. What are you going to do? <laughs> But, Corey, I, I agree that it's a, a wonderful moment, an iconic moment, one that will last forever. But I don't think you're taking nearly enough pleasure in the fact that Miami gave up 900 yards of offense. This goes <laughs> back to your – but this goes back to your college days. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Also, listen, damn it, they had a kid rush for 236 yards and he wasn't close to being the leading rusher for their <laughs> team. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. It was an all-time unbelievable defensive performance. I just think the shoe uh, was – was. I mean, they might do a 30 for 30 on the shoe, the shoe toss. You could, you could make an argument to fire Manny Diaz on the spot. You could – I mean, how, how disconnected was that team? How in the world does that happen? I don't know. I, I, that, you know, and it, and not to make it serious for a second, but it is – it does kind of it, – it's kind of – a par for the course for this season. There are so many inexplicable results from week to week for programs that you're just like, well, yeah. I mean, how did Florida lose to – how did LSU do that? I mean, they look horrible, and they put it all together. It's just a, it's just a bizarre year, but I, I can't – that's the most inexplicable defensive performance from a good defense that I think I've ever seen. Uh, one side note, since I'm hard on Dan Mullen incessantly, uh, I will say, and I've said from the beginning – Asterisk next to all of this. There is no national champion this year. They can give whoever they want that Heisman. It's not a real Heisman. None of this should count. It's all a joke. He wasn't wrong. It sounds terrible after you lose as 24-point favorites at home. But he wasn't wrong when what he said about Ohio State. Like, no, maybe it's ridiculous. Should, yeah, we, maybe we should well, just play a lot less games. And not just Ohio State, what the ACC did, giving Clemson Notre Dame off. Yeah. I mean, that 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 – it's kind of BS. To well, the you whole know. season, it's all a joke, man. It's it, we're comparing apples to oranges. Nothing's. Right. I mean, by the way, the aforementioned Arizona State Arizona game featured Arizona State playing their third game of the season. Right. Their third game of the yeah, season. Yeah, but I still I don't want I don't want to hear Mullen complain about playing too many games where they just announced a three hundred billion dollar deal with Disney. It's like, buddy. You, Listen, you I get, get, you get ninety nine percent is positive, but, but that, to the point. The, the, this 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 charade of a season. Oh, it's yeah, it's and, a ridiculous what, season. And yeah. you know, Minnesota played a game with like, what? They, I mean, they were missing like thirty five players. They they apparently had they didn't have like enough linemen. Like they just start moving guys to different positions. I mean, what's the point of playing that game? But that's this season. Uh, Jason writes simple question: Will Florida State ever lose to Duke? <laughs> Man, <laughs> he's had some years. Yeah, it's three years ago was the year the two thousand seventeen. He blew it then too. I'm worried about I'm worried about Dead Fish Hand because they uh, they're on a downward trajectory. It's like and you said the the quarterback wants to transfer. Uh, nothing and their their good defensive ends are, are I'm sure are gone. Um, not not turning in the right direction up there in Durham. Uh, Abdel writes real quick while we have time this segment. What's going on, fellas? Solid two-win week with a big game Tuesday night to begin conference play versus the Nerds. Ham will stretch the rotation and find his eight to nine guys come spring. But do you guys think 
the bench will eventually come around offensively. Ideally, Calhoun develops into somewhat of a volume scorer, but without the equalizer that was Trent Forrest at the end of these games, a smaller six-eight man, ro- six-to-eight man rotation could be the final result. Just my thoughts. Keep up the great coverage, boys. Thanks, Abdel. Uh, well, this is I- I unique uh, in the sense that normally Ham has all kinds of time to experiment, and he's willing to put games in jeopardy during the early season experimentation. But he, he really hasn't done that this this year, and he hasn't been afforded the opportunity to do it because of Indiana and Florida being game two, game three. There is a little opening in the schedule, right. uh, and he might get a chance then, but we're not going to see the same sort of in-depth effort to find uh, you know how far that depth actually reaches, right? Yeah, I, don't, I got- think it will be a smaller rotation. It will, but you do have the UCF and Gardner-Webb games. I think those will help. And then there'll be some ACC games that he'll have some opportunities to mix and match. I don't, th- I don't think they're set with what they are right now, but it probably won't be what it was last year. And I think uh, Malik Osborne has proven he can play and play well at this level. He hasn't had a great start. Uh, right. Maybe he's not used to coming off the bench, but uh, I think you'll get more from him. I think Wyatt Wilkes had a nice game against Florida after being terrible in the first two games. Raquan Evans should be better. I think those three guys, along with Calhoun, those are your real uh, rotation guys. Agreed. We'll come back, wrap it up momentarily. Hang in. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, let's get to the final questions, boys. David writes, hello from freezing Flagstaff, Arizona. Do you guys honestly believe that Scotty Barnes is a one-and-done player? I know it's early in the year, but I don't think he's good enough yet. I know it will be his decision, but if it were me, I would want to get better so I could be a lottery pick. I do believe he has the potential. Remember to share your sausages with each other this Christmas. He's going to go top five, David. I, I hope that maybe, was all facetious. I was going to say, maybe David's just trying to convince him. Yeah, uh, and we, maybe we should all do that. If if everybody in Tallahassee talks about what a disappointment him, he is, yeah, yeah, maybe he'll believe it. Maybe he'll get in the transfer portal. You don't see that as much in basketball. Ryan writes, hi, guys. No real question. Just wanted to congratulate you on seeing the tight end from Duke, who, according to the ACC Network announcers, is the greatest player in football history. <laughs> but people always have an axe to grind with announcers, man. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear the broadcast, so I don't know how much they were talking about him. Uh, but, you know. I saw the game, did not hear the game. I was at an establishment uh, sitting out on a deck. It was beautiful watching the game uh, right there on the water in Tampa. Like nice. you're going to do at Horizons with all their TVs outside. You're damn right I am. Without Chris, the water. Well, you know. Without the water, right. We can imagine. What are you going to do? Chris writes, fellas, everyone seems to be in favor of the Phillips hire, but if you were called into his initial brainstorming session on how to fix the revenue gap, what would you throw out there? With this new SEC ESPN deal, it feels impossible. Well, and he also says nice things about us. Chris, thank you. Listen, the the Phillips hire is a slam dunk, and I do think that's the first thing he's going to address. So, I mean, let's watch it play out. I I also think they're going to add a team to the ACC, and let's hope that team's Notre Dame. I've got an idea. If if you throw out, like he said, what are you? Gonna, what are the ideas you throw out there? Mine are Pitt, Syracuse, and Boston College. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Throw them out of the conference, and that's more money. First of all, now, you're not throwing Pitt out. You're throwing Wake out. If you're going to, you throw, throw Wake out too. So that's four teams. So now everybody's getting twenty five percent more money because you don't have to share it with those uh, succubuses. Succubus, succubus, is that a word? <laughs> the succubus is the thing. Yes. But yeah. do they suck? A succubus sucks. Not, not really. I mean, they could, but not, not really. What's something that's like just as a, a tint that sucks the life out of something? Because a that's tick, what Pitt, that's tick. what Pitt and Boston College do. They take up from the people that make the money. They take it, but they don't get. Wait. They don't make I, any money. They don't make any money for the you conference. You want to call no, them remoras or ticks? 
I can't wait till Corey gets off and looks up succubus. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Well, yeah, you'll uh, you'll see. It's not exactly what you thought, but anyway, it's not, it's not what you think at all. Um, you you've read books before. You gotta, <laughs> I think you understand. Anyway, they, <laughs> no, this is exactly what. If I was going to describe Boston College and what it is to the ACC, incorrect. A female demon believed to have sexual intercourse with sleeping men. That's Boston College. No, that's the definition. That's all they do. They they they, they don't do anything for this conference. Well, and if they do do something good, we're all sleeping through it. Maybe maybe you're just accustomed to me doing this sort of thing, but I have to draw attention to the skillful and deft way in which I kind of answered Corey's question by saying they could, they could <laughs> suck. But we- um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, I thought yeah, they I mean, just I think sucked I'd- buses. Back to reality, uh, Jim. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a. It, it is to your point. It's a great hire. Um, he is going to have to figure out the revenue situation, though. I mean, and but I think that's encouraging. This guy literally could have. There's there's tons of companies, sports organizations, opportunities he would have at his disposal. He is as highly respected as an athletic director as there is in college sports. That is correct. And he chose to take this job. To me, that says he thinks they can fix that because. Personally, the after seeing that recent SEC contract on top of their existing contract and knowing what the ACC is kind of lo- locked into till 2036 or whatever, yes. I was like, man, who would take this job? The no, fact that he does that deal sign. immediately, it's the first thing you're going to do. And ESPN doesn't have a great history of renegotiating deals, but it will be interesting to watch this play out. Florida State will, I mean, Florida State, the ACC will add a team. He'll go back to the ESPN and say, uh-uh, rip this bitch up. We're not doing this. This is what this is going to have to look like. It'll be interesting. Well, and you're 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 you are hurting your own product. I mean, that's the that's the reality with these TV deals. Is they're an investor in the conference, and if you relegate the ACC to third tier status, which will is what's going to happen if they're constantly getting twenty. Every school is getting twenty to thirty million dollars less than every school in the Big Ten and the SEC. Those schools are going to your product's going to fall apart. Right. So it's it's in their interest for the ACC to to. Be on better footing. I'm sure Jim is going to make that case, Ira. There you go, buddy. You need to be in the room with him. Sit down. Jim, let me tell you something, Jim. (laughs) Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. First bring up the Boston College succubus thing (laughs) and then go into what you were just talking about. Hey, Jim, I know we don't know each other that well, so I hope you take this the right way. Have you ever thought of Boston College as a succubus? (laughs) Let's address that first, and then we'll talk about the revenue issues. Michael writes, sausage lovers, in a span of five days, we saw Scotty Shimmy, MJ Bean AI, top of ACC in basketball, all our wins and all our rivals' losses, the Candy Canes giving up 700-plus yards, arrival of a natty-winning Milton, potential of Auburn's two linemen recruits coming to us, a potential bowl game, ESD and teasing Norvell CD videos, and the next ACC commish. Anyways, I can now say flying shoe university anytime the Gators try to mock us at FSU. At least our shoes helped us win because there's <laughs> dancer in the playoffs. Dan Mullen, cousin Eddie's twin, is the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? Can we say this was the best weekend of the fall for us? Yes, Michael. I think it it's was. It's not even close. It's not pretty even well close. Pretty well put, Michael. Trent writes, fellas, Jeff misses most of my questions, so it's currently two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, sir. Which quarterback starting next year would you give the most confidence in? I truly don't know who to root for in a battle. I root for the best player, Trent, every year, but I would tell you at this point I want it to be McKenzie Milton, and it's going to be McKenzie Milton. Corey will root for uh, Jordan Travis. 
Uh, he's elevated him to Heisman status, and I don't think Ira has really any getting a dog in the fight. He's still on Clint Trickett. I yeah. like I like Jordan Travis a lot, uh, but I think Mackenzie Milton's going to be the guy. Ryan Wright, hello, gentlemen. Isla, I, <laughs> Island, hello. Ira, please elaborate on some of the stories that you've heard about Jim Phillips' leadership while in the Big Ten. I'm a bit questioning that this guy is such a home run hire. Then why hasn't he been a commissioner at a smaller conference for five to ten years? Thank you for what you do, even your sausage cranker who's playing with his soda cap right now. Oh, even you, the sausage cranker who's playing with his soda cap right now. I've well, been doing that the whole show. You might well, have heard it a few times. Let's go look at the vision he had for that massive uh, athletic facility at Northwestern for starters. He would have been the commissioner of the Big Ten had there not been a political coup in the 11th hour. Uh, and they went outside the conference, which really has cost them dearly. Most of the people in the Big Ten are absolutely loathing uh, that they did that. Their loss is the ACC's gain. Uh, this is a guy that most believed uh, was going to be a commissioner of a Power 5 conference at some point. They assumed it would be in the Big Ten, but the Big Ten misstepped, and now the ACC wins because of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, everybody you talk to in the business says he's basically the number one or number two athletic director in the country. You'd like to have a sitting athletic director be that guy because of all the things that go into it. The, the problems that they're having in the Big Ten is they went and got a guy from the NFL who doesn't really understand a lot of the, the workings of college sports. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, – and everybody that's worked with him or worked around him says he's an uh, incredibly hard worker, incredibly smart, great negotiator, very well-connected, very well-respected, brings respect to the conference. Uh, it's just uh, there's nothing he doesn't bring to that job. And it's outside of the damn triangle. It's a glorious yes. thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Which is hey, very important. Guys, we're going to do something really rare here. And this, the final question, is also the final question. I got to them all. Unbelievable. It wow, never... you shot the moon. Here we go. Ryan writes, fellas, do you think Dugans and Odell will return in 2021? And will Corey be one of the first to test out the 737 Max comeback? What is that? I don't know. Is that a shoe? Plane, maybe? Oh, it might be a play. Sounds like it could be a play. So, yeah, probably. I'm I'm always on the uh, cutting Dugans edge. Dugans and Odell. Dugans and Odell. What do we got? Uh, I, uh, I maybe. You can't argue know, with 50, the job 50. they did this year. Yeah. Both yeah, of them crushed it. I, I would say, I would say if, a, you know, if Odell wants to stay, I would hey, think it's. Hey, your opinion. Will they be back? It's okay. You don't have to. My dance. opinion is. If I had to guess, I'd say Odell will still be part of the program, maybe not coaching D-line, uh, and that Dugans may not be coaching receivers or, or be here anymore. But okay. that's just my opinion. Um, Your opinion? I mean, I don't really have one. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of flustered by the succubus thing. Well, uh, <laughs> you brought it up and didn't know what it is. You're not it's the first man fashion. to say that. Yeah, that, that works out It well. has sucked in the word. I mean, you would have thought – yeah, uh, you just would have thought it meant like you suck the life out of. I mean, uh, anyway, it's a Hawaiian word, Corey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie yeah. will tell you about it. You could have used leech. There, there. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, but I didn't. I you went. Did. I went with succubus. Went with succubus and not knowing what it is. Right. Uh, for Corey Clark and Iris Chappelle, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I don't think we're doing one of these next week. So Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas, everybody, and uh, we'll enjoy talk. some enjoy some Christmas pie. Oh, always. Be well. 
Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.